You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit uses the story of Achan from the book of Joshua to talk about sin and its consequences. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you here. We're concluding our four-part series on Joshua, the courage to follow God. And the overall theme of our series is what God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. It's a refreshing reminder to all of us that no matter what we do or where we are, God will always be with us wherever we go. And there's no reason for us to be afraid. There's no reason for us to be discouraged because we are encouraged to be strong and courageous. Now, have you ever had a sore thumb? Last year, I accidentally bumped my left thumb with a big hammer and in a matter of few minutes, it just turned gray and purple. Worse than that, right? And I was cringing because it was so painful, and I almost fainted. It was just like double the size. And for days, it was just throbbing. The pain was just throbbing. And my entire body was affected by it. And then I realized that, you know, I tried to sit down and blow it as if it would do any good, but it didn't, of course. It's interesting how one small splinter or a single aching tooth or a localized pain in your body can affect your whole body. And this is the same with church, which is the body of Christ. Paul said to the church in Corinthians, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a member of of it. Today, we will end our series with how the action and the disobedience of one man have brought adverse effect to the people of Israel. Last week, we talked about the fall of Jericho, right? It was a fortified city, and Alex talked about it. When the Israelites entered the city, God solemnly warned them not to take any of the spoils for themselves, right? God considered Jericho uh, an impure and unholy city because of centuries of wickedness and sin. Apart from the brass, the iron, the gold, and the silver, everything in Jericho was meant for destruction. In chapter 6 of Joshua, God said, But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. And as we read in chapter 7, it says, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Sebdi, and the son of Sarah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord Burns again, burned against the people of Israel. Joshua had carefully instructed all his soldiers not to take any of the spoils for themselves. Achan was a soldier who was part of the team sent to Jericho, and he willfully disobeyed the command of God and hid some things that he took from the spoils. He did a pretty good job because no one really noticed and no one really knew that he took them. 
Joshua, meanwhile, sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. God had said to his people, remember, before they crossed the Jordan, that all the land beyond the Jordan River is theirs, but they have to take it one city at a time. Jericho, uh, Joshua prayed about Jericho, but he didn't pray about Ai. Now this is what happened. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are a few. After their victory in Jericho, which was not really theirs, they started to be arrogant and boastful about their achievements. They bragged and said, the city is just small and there's just a few people there. You don't have to send the whole army, just a few, right? Maybe two or 3,000 could conquer the entire city of Ai. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. When the soldiers returned and Joshua learned about what happened, he tore his clothes and fell on his face on the ground in front of the Ark of the Covenant with the elders of all Israel. And he said, God, this is what he said, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us all? Why have you brought us here to kill us, to destroy us? And here's what God said to Joshua. He said, Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen in your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I have commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen and lied and put them among their belongings. God said to Joshua, here's what you should do. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In verse 14, it says, in the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes, and the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans, and the clans that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household that the Lord takes shall come near man by man. Notice that God said, for tomorrow, in the morning, which means that God was giving Achan a chance to admit and repent. Achan should have immediately approached Joshua and said, I did it, I'm sorry. But he didn't. He was waiting, hoping that no one would find out. But as we all learned, God led Joshua to Achan. And he said to him, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him and tell me what have you done? Do not hide it from me. It was only when he was confronted by Joshua that he admitted his fault. And he said, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. 
when I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. Then I coveted them, I desired them, and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. And what happened after that was very tragic. In verse 24, it says, Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Sarah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and his daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent, and all that he had, including all his family. And Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Acre ever since. Many of us are like Achan. We try to hide things from God. But what we do not realize is there is nothing we can hide from God. Achan thought that everything he had taken, he can keep put away so safely that no one else would know. He forgot that nothing is ever hidden from God. God sees what we have hidden, but more than that, He sees our heart. You know, God sees the gold. God sees the silver. God sees the robe. But more than that, He saw Achan's heart. He saw the sin of disobedience. He saw the sin of deceit. Achan knew that all the silver and gold should go to the tabernacle, but he still willfully hid them from God. And this is what he said, I saw the gold, the silver, and the beautiful robe. And I desired it. I coveted it. And after that, he said, I took it. And then I tried to hide it and keep it for myself. Do you remember Eve saw the fruit, Eve desired the fruit, and Eve took the fruit and gave it to Adam. This is how sin works. David saw Bathsheba. David desired her, and David took her, even to the point of killing her husband, just so he could hide his sin. This is how the sin works for a lot of us. We see, we desire, even if it does not belong to us, and we know it's not for us, we take it, especially if no one is looking, right? I just want to ask you this question. Are we ever out of God's sight? Is there anything that we do that is not seen by God? Whatever you do in secret, God knows about it. There is nothing we can hide from God. And God is holy. God at this time was teaching the children of Israel that He is holy and He wants them to be holy. And all the people around the children of Israel knew that God was mighty. And now they knew that God was holy. God does not change. Still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God hates sin. And God must punish sin. On one hand, God said, I am holy and I must punish sin. 
But on the other hand, he said, I love you, and I want to save you. Now, some things never fail to happen. If I throw an apple up in the air, the law of gravity will make sure that it falls back on the ground. If I put my finger in, in a flame, I will burn myself. They're always bound to happen. It never fails. If I put another finger, it will still burn. There are some things that never fail to happen in God's working. And just like fire burns, sin will always have its consequences. And God has to judge our sin. What is the consequence of sin? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Even if Achan was free to make a choice, he was not free to choose the consequences of his choices. The Bible says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. The Bible is telling us you can do whatever you want to do, but not everything that you do will be good for you. You are free to make any choice you want, but remember, you are not free from the consequences of your choices. Sin wouldn't be so attractive if the wages were paid immediately. The consequence of sin is death, and if you have to pay it immediately, I don't think anyone here in this room would dare to disobey. But we have a loving Father who doesn't want any of us to perish. Peter said, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but He's patient toward you, not wishing, not wishing that anyone would perish, but that all should reach repentance. Remember, God said in the morning, because He wants to give Achan a chance, and the same chance He wants to give us, for us to admit to him our mistakes and confess. We are reminded of the stark consequence of sin, which is death. But in Romans 6.23, we are given a glimmer of hope. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. It is a gift that is given to us for free. We cannot earn it by our own merit, by our own works. It is only by the grace of God to our faith that we are saved. This is what happened. God's justice for the punishment of our sin and His love for us have been brought together by His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God and He is holy. He died the death we deserved so that we can live the life we did not deserve. He did not stay in the tomb for a long time. He resurrected, he ascended into heaven, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. We serve a living, true God. And the challenge today is that we are all sinners. None of us deserves to go to heaven when we die. We could never make ourselves good enough. But God, He made a way. 
In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We all need Jesus. And it's not just a one-off event when you say, yes, Jesus, and then forget about Him and live, go back to your life and live a life of sinfulness. He's the only way, the truth, and the life, and we cannot come to the Father except through Jesus. Now, here's the thing. We thought of things, we desired things, we still desire them, and we have taken some things that have separated us from the holiness of God. I just want to challenge all of you today. If you are really honest, and this is not something that you owe me or you owe the church. This is something that you owe God. For a few seconds, think of this question. What have you hidden in your heart? There are things that we saw, things that we took, things that we hid. But God is interested not in the things that we have taken. He's more interested in the why. Why have you taken those things? Why have you chosen not to forgive the person who has hurt you in the past? Why do you want to be angry at someone? Why do you deprive someone of the love that he or she deserves? Because you think she's not worthy. Why do you envy others? Why do we have to use people and love money rather than love people and use money to bless others? If we can really be honest about it, the question that we have to answer is, what have we really hidden in our hearts? And are we willing to confess this before the morning comes? You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.org.